0: Playoff basketball! Welcome to the
1: Playoffs. You gotta get on the level of intensity right now. You gotta be a man out there and go to work.
0: Welcome to another episode of Offs Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm here with Jordan. Hey, hey. What's going on? Got a busy week coming up. The NBA playoffs start this weekend uh, as we've just reached the end of the 2017-2018 season. Uh, Dez Bryant was cut by the Cowboys today. So but let's, uh, let's kick off this recap of the NBA season for 2017-2018. What do you think of the year that the NBA had this year?
1: Well, you know what I have to say. It was a pretty fun. It was a pretty exciting year. Uh, you always enjoy when any sport is coming down to the wire, like the the results of a sport is coming down to the to the almost to the last game, and that's exactly what we got in uh, the NBA this year, especially in the West. I mean, you talk about all those teams that were pretty much in a dog fight, I mean, dog fight to the end, just trying to make sure they make it to the playoffs. It, it was pretty exciting. It kept a lot of people on the heels, and it also gave us, you know, quality basketball because if you know you want to make that that seventh, eighth seed, that last seeding, you got to bring your A game every night. And uh, I, I I can definitely appreciate that. So i got to say A-plus, man.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a very good season uh, this year. Uh I'm not the hugest fan, but I've always respected this man's game. I thought LeBron James had a, uh, a very good season this year, uh, considering what he did and what he had facing him as far as uh, teammate situations. Uh, what I feel about his teammate situation—that's that's a whole other episode. A lot of that is is of his own doing, but you know, still you have to consider the the situation he was in. And the fact that he stills playing at a at a pretty high level, this far into his career, and uh, yeah, you know, then you saw a lot of other players step their game up, man. Uh, you saw Demar Derozan for for a good part of the season, he was playing on yeah. a, on an MVP level, and uh, he was he was carrying that Raptors team, and as a result, you see them for the first time in that number one seed, Victor Oladipo. When he finally got the chance to be the man somewhere, yes, he showed that he could do it. You know, he went out to Indiana where he played college ball, and he showed out, man. I mean, if you think about the Indiana Pacers it's with him and, and Miles Turner, uh, they don't have uh, what people would think uh, would be a powerhouse with a lot of weapons. But Oladipo was to do Do-Everything, man. And, and it was good to see him have a breakout season. Uh, you had Russ. Russ came out and, and did the uh, triple double average for another season. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Man, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm gonna speak on that in a minute. That's that's insane.
0: Yeah, and, and, and I get. I have a feeling that that you might be up up the same alley I am on that. Uh, we'll we'll get into that. Uh, but it was it was a lot of the, the Western Conference race. We saw what Anthony Davis did. He came out of nowhere. When um, you you saw Tank Gate, uh, where the league called Chicago <laughs> yeah. Bulls up, uh, and I don't I don't know why it seems like they were the only team that the league called up. Because if you saw some of these starting lineups with some of these teams going down the stretch of the year, man, it was it was pathetic. Yeah, and it seemed like they just they cherry picked the Bulls a little bit uh as far as, as picking into not tank so uh I, I don't know what, what's the agenda as far as that goes
1: yeah man you know what I, I I'm i very very pleased by some of the the up-and-comers that kind of showed out I, I agree with you on Victor Oladipo man I've always thought because I mean I, I looked at him a little bit when he was coming out of Indiana or, or rather when he was playing in Indiana and uh. You know, they had all the talent in the world, but I, I I believe he got drafted to uh what was it? It wasn't Orlando at first. Yeah, it was Orlando. It, it was yeah. okay. So it was Orlando. Okay, right, right. It was Orlando, then it was OKC, and then it was Indiana. So he's only been on three teams, right? Right. Okay, yeah. And so, you know, obviously OKC, you're not finna outshine Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is going to get all of his, uh, whether he's stat padding or not. But yeah, v- Victor, he he he, you know, found himself a nice little bird's nest, and uh, he, he he found a home. Man, he's definitely sprouting and uh, showing his potential and showing what he could do. And uh, perhaps maybe there's some more, you know, that's left in the tank for him to show, you know, in in coming years.
0: Now remind me, was Oladipo playing in that that series last year with OKC in Houston?
1: Ah, uh, yes, because I vaguely remember him shooting some threes. I believe he was in that in that playoff series. I I, I could be wrong, but I, I believe he was.
0: So seeing what I'm saying now, I'm baffled even more at Russell Westbrook's inability to pass the ball. At, at the tail end of that series against Houston, and and people say, well, he had nothing with him; he had no teammates. But here you have Victor Oladipo, who goes to Indiana, and he's you know an all star, and, and honestly, you know one of the the two best two guards in the East. Yeah, and, and you you can't you can't really say that Russell didn't have anything. When you have a guy who leaves, leaves that nest and comes out and does what he did. man. Yeah, I
1: I completely agree with you with that. I think, you know, when you get with certain players or get put on a certain team, I don't really know what the agenda was when he got there or or if he was told, hey, this is your actual role. Because, I mean, sometimes when you get put in a role on a team. You you might have to temper your your whole skill set just to appease or just to kind of fit in with whatever that team needs you to do, you know? So you're, 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 you're filling your role. And, and that may not have helped him to really do everything that he possibly could. And, and again, you know, you're talking about being on a team with the most ball dominant point guard, in my opinion, in the league, you know, he does absolutely everything. If he ain't got the ball in his hand coming down the court, he's going to grab the rebound and get the ball. He's going to steal it. You know, he, he's doing everything. And so, you're not going to get your time to to really shine as much as you probably could. But uh I think he took it in stride. And uh he he, he got his shot and he he's 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 definitely uh he's definitely uh taking taking hold of it.
0: And and, and to the to the point, I mean we can we can jump into this. I mean it's 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 just an indictment to me against the way Russell Westbrook plays basketball. Now don't get me wrong I I love his intensity. I love the fact that he's, you know, constantly on the attack. He's constantly displaying that athleticism. You know, he doesn't give you a second to rest, a second to let up. And that pays off uh, on, on many occasions and many a game. But, I mean, you you have to and be inclusive of your teammates. And I've, I've, I've always been of, of the mindset that, there are different types of assists. And there are the assists where you're really trying to involve your teammates. We're looking for them to be open. You're even passing them on occasion. You're passing them open. And then you have the type of assists where you have no choice but to pass it. You dribbled far as you're going to go. And someone has to be open because you no longer have a shot because there's four guys on and I think that's a yeah. lot of Russ's assists. It's just like I'm gonna go to the basket as hard as I can, see who comes, and then somebody's got to be open. Hmm. And both of them, uh, both of those assists can work, but I think Russ's ten assists are a little different than even let's say LeBron's eight, or or you know what what maybe a Magic Johnson would do, or Stockton, or even an Isaiah Thomas would do. Yeah, you did. They did draw the defense, but it was in a, in a different way. Russ is always looking to score, and the assist seems like it's it's a residual effect. It's a collateral effect of trying to score, but you know, only going as far as you possibly can.
1: Man, I couldn't have said it any better. I think that was a very intellectual way of breaking it down. Like in all honesty, he he attacks so much that he's going to draw a lot of attention going towards the basket which will automatically open up chances for others but instead of looking for them you know as the first option or maybe he didn't really set it up to say okay I'm I'm gonna attack the lane not really try to score but I need to draw the defense in so I can get somebody open he probably isn't thinking that way he probably is forced into passing half the time you know, because of the way the defense plays him, but I, I, I certainly agree with you. LeBron definitely gets his assists totally different. I think he breaks down the game better than anybody in the league. You know, as far as breaking down the defense, you know, setting up people in a position where he knows exactly where to pass. Because there are some times where I even get a uh, uh, question: What is he doing? Like there may be he him coming down the court. And Kevin Love is wide open for a three because his man is sagging off, but LeBron won't pass it to him. I'm like, what is this dude doing? That's an easy pass. And then something else develops where Tristan Thompson is completely wide open in the hole for an easier two points or a slam dunk. And he passes it to him once he sees it open up. So it's like he's seeing things develop that haven't developed yet. And, you know, the obvious isn't isn't as obvious. You know, Russell Westbrook. He, he's a good passer don't get me wrong i mean he has the ability to pass and i've seen great passes from him flashy passes fundamental passes whatever everybody who's who's in the league i think can do that in a sense but to have that mindset is is, is you know to me it's few and far between and i definitely agree
0: lebron is on another level yeah lebron lebron is i don't think what what russell does russell doesn't think the game Russell plays and reacts. Um, Russell, he's, he's just a monster with no control. But LeBron, he thinks the game. Ben Simmons, they think the game. And when yeah. I say think the game, you're thinking in a chess format. You're thinking two moves ahead to where Russell is pretty much thinking, what what am I going to do when this happens? And then that's it.
1: Yeah. Yep. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, because you can even tell the way Ben plays is very under controlled for a rookie. Well, technically a rookie, since it's technically his first season playing. But uh, you know, he 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 sees the game differently. That uh, it's just it's just you either you you're born with that type of you know capability, you know, as an athlete, or you're not. And you know, again, that's no knock on Russell, because again, I I I can appreciate Russell's game. As good as anybody else can, uh, because it, it truly reminds me of Derrick Rose. Or well, what was Derrick Rose, you know, and what he could have been. But uh, it, if we're just strictly talking about just thinking the game through, yeah, those names: Ben Simmons, uh, Chris Paul, obviously uh, LeBron. Uh, I know I'm missing somebody, but you know, those are the Rondo. names that you Rondo. Oh yeah, the yeah Rondo exactly. As old as he is, man, that's why I I feel like, man, when they got to them playoffs, when he was still on the Bulls, if he had not gotten hurt, they would have beat the Celtics. They would have beaten the Celtics because Rondo, he turned it up. You you know, you know how to break, you know, a team down w- w- within the skill set that you have. You know, you're not the, the, the greatest or biggest athlete on the floor, but you just know how to play. And Rondo shows that year in year out. Yeah, that, that that's an amazing thing, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm not in total agreeance, uh, agreeance with uh, agreement with that assessment of the playoffs last year. I think that Boston was the better team. They got hit with uh, hit with a bomb, man. And your best player uh, loses the family member closest to him. Yeah, I know he came out and he played for it and he played fairly well. He was he was still shook, shaken by all of that, and uh, as the series went along, I mean it didn't go away, but you know you come to grips with it a little better. And <sighs> just the supporting cast that Boston had, it, it eventually it was going to overtake the Bulls. The only the only reason I I think that too is is, or well, the other reason I think that is because if you look at the scores to those last last four games you know it wasn't like boston was squeaking by in those last four games i mean to me rondo didn't make a you know 15 20 point difference and boston you know after rondo got hurt you know boston was throttling the Bulls. it was you know, there was no doubters that they were winning so yeah but
1: see that, that that's again where i disagree with you because if you think about how Rondo plays, man, a, a smart point guard like that who knows, okay, what his team's capabilities are, what their limitations are, who they're facing. You got a team full of athletes and, and uh, really good players that you're going up against. Yeah, okay, Isaiah Thomas, he was dealing with the tragedy. But the first two games, he wasn't just sitting around, you know, just being a bum. He was still killing. I, I honestly can't, can't say that that was the main reason. You know, obviously, you know, naturally, you know, as a person, you're going to have to go through uh, something like that. You, you you're going to be off a little bit, but the the what I saw in those first couple of games was still a really really good player. He still came to play. He was making shots. So it's not like he he just was non-existent. And then he put on his cape. You know, the last uh, what was it? Two games or three or four games rather. Uh, but honestly, think with Rondo, Rondo, if he would have stayed out there. I think that the Celtics would have squeaked by, or they would have lost, because that is a huge difference. Rondo's not a, 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 a offensive dynamo, you know. He's not a, a Devin Booker or a LeBron or whatever. So, you know, I don't think he would have made a difference in that aspect if he would have stayed healthy, if he had never uh, hurt his hurt his hand. But I kind of think that he would have thought the game through to the point that the Bulls wouldn't have been. You know, hurrying their offense or hurrying plays uh, and and possessions. You know, slowing the game down, knowing okay, we can't rush this because if we rush it even a little bit and we get out get out of out of control, they will whoop us. They will beat us. It will be over before halftime. You know, you need those type of players. that's going to bring some 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 balance to your team. And, and when he went down, they didn't have that. And you got Jimmy Force and stuff. And then who, who you gonna turn to? Jerry and Grant? Uh whoever else was the point guard? I don't even remember if it was somebody else, but I'm not I'm, Jerry and Grant? Really? Nah. You had Dwayne Wade. Man, look, man, old man River was breaking down. He was doing his thing, but he wasn't the point guard. You still had uh Jerry and running point. It, it just to me it just it just kind of had a, a completely different dynamic. I, I can't really Undersells Rondo's importance to to what they were doing, because in all honesty, they shouldn't have won the first two games. If that's the case,
0: I just I I just think that Boston was a better team, and even in situations like that, the better team eventually wins in those longer series. Um, I don't undersell Rondo's impact. He had a very big impact on that team. He he was a jerk enough to somewhat take the ball out of jimmy's hands and and understood that there were times when jimmy didn't need to have the ball because jimmy butler has uh, once again even this year proven to be uh, a bona fide best player on an eighth seat so you know sometimes jimmy has to be checked and rondo was willing to do that so i don't undersell Certain point, points of his game, I just, I just think on a talent and coaching level, Brad Stevens would have figured something out, and they were going to win that series.
1: Yeah, and and I'm not, and in my arguments that I'm making, I'm not saying that the Bulls were the better team overall. I, I don't think that at all. I mean, you got known names. I mean, that's that's all you had was oh, Rayon Rondo, back when he was with the Celtics. <laughs> Dwayne Wade, back when he was with the Heat you know these are all old past their prime players jimmy was the only one that you know was in it's still in his prime you didn't have derek you didn't have anybody else that was doing anything so i mean yeah i i'm not i'm not saying that chicago was the better team i'm just saying that the, with the way they played you always can have a try hard team i mean look at loyola again that can squeak past or or dominate based off of just playing as a team and stand within what you know, you need to do, and not getting sporadic, not getting too high with the highs, not getting too low with the lows, but consistently being balanced throughout the games, and and coming out, you know, perhaps with a shocker. So I I I, I agree with you. I think Boston obviously was the more superior team, and yeah, ultimately those type of teams do come out on top most
0: of the time. That's what's up. But let's get into uh let's get into these awards real quick. Uh, Oh, yeah. uh, Who you have picked for the regular season awards. Let's start off with uh, with a tough one. Let's go with Coach of the Year.
1: All right. Let me open up my envelope. And uh, let's see. Ah, yes. The award goes to one Mike D'Antoni of the Mm -hmm. Houston I love what he did with that team. I mean, yeah, you got Chris Paul. That came in, brought some, some, some foundation to the point guard position, kind of, you know, balanced out Harden in his game. And that team just overall, man, they they will kill you like that on offense. And they play decent defense. You know, we can't sleep on them on defense. But yeah, Mike Bentoni, he's always been that that offensive minded coach. And I think they they took it to another level this year.
0: Well, my coach of the year I have, I've been, I've been uh, championing this guy's cause uh, for quite some time, and I just said all he needed was a little more talent, and it finally mm-hmm. kicked in for him, and uh, that's Brett Brown with the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, you started yes. to see uh, his teaching ability, the ability to teach basketball and to, and to get a young team to be cohesive and come together, Uh, You're starting to see it pay off with those Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, you know, you can have the talent, but it's not always easy to get a group of young guys like that to play basketball together and to get those pieces to fit right. And Brett Brown did a good job of it, especially with that late season run uh, where the 76ers jumped like four spots into that third seed. So uh, my pick will be Brett Brown. D'Antoni gets some props, man, you know, but he he was always he's always been able, especially in that Western Conference, to keep a good ball club and and have that running gun system that's going to fit a team with multiple ball handlers like Chris Paul and James Harden. So you know he's he's a a good fit for that squad. But I'm gonna go with Brett Brown for Coach of the Year. Yeah,
1: you know I ain't mad at you for that one. I I didn't I didn't think about that. Uh... He what he's doing with Philadelphia, who has been awful for years, is is pretty good. You you starting to see the fruits of his labor. So I'm I'm
0: I I can definitely respect that pick. He's part of the process. He's part of the process. Who do you have? uh now here's the here's the real controversial one. Who do you have winning rookie oh. of the year? Oh boy, boy,
1: boy. Well, you know I'm Ta shot till I die so uh I'm gonna go with Larry marketing. now uh Larry <laughs> beasted this year but uh, obviously we gotta be real it's coming down to two people one is an actual rookie and the other was a rookie the year before but he didn't play his rookie season so technically he's a rookie this year but technically he's not all these technically. so uh Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell. And out of those two, I'm going to go with Donovan Mitchell. Number 1, Ben Simmons was already no he he already came into the league with those type of expectations being the number 1 pick. Donovan Mitchell and I told my boy this the other the other week. Nobody knew about how good Donovan Mitchell was in Louisville because everybody else was crowding him out in that draft. And that's why he got so low, and that's why Utah was able to pick him. But everybody can see now how talented this dude is, and and the fact that they gave him the keys, you know, to that team because he's he's really running that team, and he's doing a, a excellent job, and you you can see his talent. And it's kind of like with Oladipo, what we were talking about earlier. You go to the right team, you're able to shine, and you can see what he does, man. You're averaging twenty points, I mean, that's ridiculous. So I got I got my man D Mitch.
0: And that's what's up, man. I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I have the spider, Donovan Mitchell. The, the reason being, uh, I've heard several arguments as to what the rookie of the year should be, who you should start your franchise with, uh, who's, yeah. who's having, uh, touching more uh, stats or, or more categories. It boils down to this for me. With, with any regular season award, we're talking about one year the impact on your team, and your team's impact on the league for one year. So Rookie of the Year is not who I would start my franchise with. Rookie of the Year is not who who's bigger, who's taller. Rookie of the Year is who has made the biggest impact on this NBA regular season and for their team in this season, and that's Donovan Mitchell. Ben's a great player. If I had my choice as to who I would start a franchise with, I would start my franchise with Ben Simmons. However, Mm. this year, this season, Donovan Mitchell is the rookie of the year. Donovan Mitchell has made people forget that Gordon Hayward left Utah. Donovan Mitchell has made it... Not only have you been able to live without Gordon Hayward, you made it possible to trade Rodney Hood. So now yeah, Donovan Mitchell has effectively replaced two good quality NBA basketball players and got them to a higher seed in a tougher conference than they were last year. Donovan Mitchell has made that team better than they were last year, single-handedly in place of an all-star and a very good player. Ben Simmons, yes, he's been very instrumental in that team. But one could argue he's not even the best player on his team. No, no. Because you have another generational talent playing right next to him. So one, yep, absolutely. One could argue that Joel Embiid is the most important. There is no argument as to who the best player for Utah is, and the most important player is. While Rudy Gobert is quite important, he does in fact that team a great deal. Donovan Mitchell is the goods. And without Donovan Mitchell, that team doesn't go anywhere.
1: Absolutely not, brother. So I'm I'm with you on that. Yep.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've I've always favored, man. I've always favored the guys who can take a team, put them on their shoulders, and and lift them to a measure of greatness. You know. Mm. So respect to respect to Ben Simmons, but Donovan Mitchell, the Spider, is my Rookie of the Year. He takes the cake takes the cake now defensive player of the year hmm this might be a bit of a jumble but who do you have
1: alright so I initially before uh, the season started in my mind I was already thinking Anthony Davis just because of his his, his physical attributes And what he can clearly do on the, on the court defensively, he can alter shots like nobody's business. He's relentless on the defensive side. Very good help defender. Uh, but I'm gonna go with Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert is, I think he's actually longer than Anthony Davis. I don't really know this, this, the, the, the specs on that guy, but, uh, he uh he 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 beasted this year. And uh, you know, that's that's another piece on that Utah team. Looks like Utah is really coming together with these awards. So you got D Mitch with rookie, and then you got the defensive player of the year, in my opinion, and Rudy. Jazz are killing it. So that that that's who I got. I got Gobert.
0: But the Jazz have no one else after you name those two people.
1: Hey, 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 hey. They got uh my man that, that shoots the threes, the awkward three point shooter that makes them my
0: Ingalls. English. Oh, I I love Joe Ingles. Jingles, I love him. <laughs> Don't you ever call him Jingles ever again? <laughs> Jingles is the goods, man. <laughs> that does not sound right, man. Come on, bro. <laughs> oh God. He Ingles is legit. I've always liked Joe Ingles. He he's a uh, he's a very serious. Uh, very impactful, very important NBA ball player. He's legit. Yeah. You know, he he's not he's not moving the needle, uh, in my opinion. He he's a very good piece. Like Joe Ingles would be a perfect six-man on a championship team. Hmm. Okay. My defensive player of the year, and and I like I like the pick of Anthony Davis. Uh, I would have not have had a problem with anybody picking Anthony Davis. If he wins it, I ain't mad at nobody. Right. And I know he's probably not going to win it, my pick. But if you look at the raw numbers and see what he's been doing, he should certainly be in the conversation. And that's Kevin Durant. Um, Mm, Okay. I think Kevin Durant has stepped his game up. And the fact that he's with Golden State and he has weapons around him enables him to uh, expend a little more energy on the defensive end. And I think Steve Kerr understood that and, and encouraged him and exhorted him to play more intense defense. Um, but he's made the best of it. He's learned how to use his link. Man, Ron Adams is no joke, man. I'm telling Damn. you. he Kevin has learned how to use his link, how to play the passing lanes, how to block shots, how to play positional defense. And it it, it shows. It shows. Yeah. I got him him for my defensive player of the year. Okay.
1: Yeah, I respect that, man. I remember he was uh, a blocking machine when the season started, man. So uh, something clicked. And and you, you got a guy like Kevin Durant that already can shoot, you know, out the gym and can do everything on one side of the court with his length And then, you know, on the other side of the court, you know, this tarantula-like body is all over you on defense and blocking
0: everything. Yeah. So I, I definitely could see that. That could be a sleeping one. Yes, sir. Most definitely. Let's move on to most improved player. And I think it might be unanimous on this, but who's your most improved player?
1: Well, we talked about him already so we might as well keep talking about him and i don't even want to say improve but i mean since it is the award the title of the award it's it's got to go to victor oladipo it's got to because again the man already had the talent to do what he was doing this year all the other years i mean even in orlando he just needed to get a little bit more mature in his game and i think he needed a better team around him but his 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 ability in itself I think was always there. Again, we talked about him being an OKC and being kind <clears> of <throat> in 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 the role-playing mode under, you know, Russell Westbrook and all those boys. But now that you're on the Pacers and this is truly your team, you're the number one guy, you're the go-to player, he definitely has improved and stepped his game up and shown everybody in the league, you know, that he, he
0: is a star. And I'm, I'm right there with you. Victor Oladipo is my most improved player For those reasons you mentioned man he's able to put this franchise on his shoulders and it looks like he might be able to do this for for a long time you know it's it's not one of those fluky things to where you know he's bum-slaying you know you got you got (laughs) real comp coming in and he is showing out when they come to town so uh oladipo is the most improved player and this is probably the last time this man wins this award yeah yeah exactly so we'll just move right along, and we're going to go to the big one, MVP. MVP. Who is your MVP for the 2017-18 NBA regular season?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with Damian Lillard. <laughs> okay, all right. No, I'm not going to go with Damian Lillard. Uh, I, I just feel bad for Damian Lillard. Can I just say that right now? I feel bad for the man. Because it's almost like he's on the cusp. Let me see, make sure I say that right. The cusp of being that dude. But apparently he pissed somebody off in the NBA some sort of way when he got to the league or something. Because the man never gets voted into the All-Star game. Or almost never. And he's always on the edge of being most most valuable player. But, uh, man, I'm so sorry for you, Dame. Anyway. The realistic pick that I have, it was Giannis, but he fell off at the end. The beginning, it was undoubtedly, in my opinion, him. But I'm going to go with James. I'm going to go with James Harden again. Why? Honestly, I don't know why. It might even be LeBron. Matter of fact, no. I'm going to take LeBron. I'm going to take LeBron. I'm switching it up on the fly. LeBron, because you played 82 games in your – I forgot what. How old is he? 35? No. What is he? 52? What is he? He's 33. Oh, well, excuse me. Hey, you look like he's somebody granddad by now. Okay. 35, fine, whatever. 33. You're in your 30s. Okay. Let's just keep it like that. And you're still playing all the games. That is unheard of in today's league because everybody want to cry and take a timeout from playing. And oh, my leg hurts. My feet hurt. Oh, everything hurts. No, you got the man, the myth, the legend on that basketball court every game. Almost, you know, putting up triple doubles every night, leading his team to victory, doing it with another ragtag team of young guys that he pretty much switched out in the middle of the season. You got rid of all the old uh, superstars, Derrick Rose, Dwayne Wade. You, you got rid of Jay Crowder. You, you got rid of Kyrie like it, it, it was just it was amazing what he did with that team. so I, I got to go with LeBron.
0: I think so much is being made of this LeBron at 33 thing. 33 <laughs> is still in a man's pride. and for people to pretend as if he hit some imaginary hill this past summer it, it sickened me it really does. And not to say LeBron James isn't isn't right there for VP. I have him. I personally have him third. Um, it just it, it aggravates me because it's like everything he does is overblown, as if he's the first thirty-three year old to dunk or score forty or get eight rebounds. People have done this quite some time, or the or the he's in his 15th season thing as if he didn't start when he was 18 or the, he played 82 games and the first year where the league said, Hey, let's give everybody the most days off they'll ever get in history. It just, it gets beside me a little bit. Um, not, to, not to take away from his greatness. He had a spectacular season, for all the reasons you cited, the fact that he came in and he really is essentially played with two different teams, also of his own doing, but he's really essentially played with two different clubs, one old, one young, and he's still been consistent. My MVP, uh, even though I am opposed to his overall approach to the game, <laughs> because defense is is of no nature to him. <laughs> <laughs> that that only leaves one person I know of. Is James Harden. Um, he's having a phenomenal year. He's having a phenomenal year. The interesting thing about this season is Russell Westbrook has averaged a triple double. Yeah. I personally don't even think I think he's probably fifth in the MVP voting. Um, like if, if I were to order it, I would have Harden first. I would have Anthony Davis second. I would have mm. LeBron third. I would have Lillard fourth. I have Westbrook fifth.
1: Mm.
0: Okay, into the Giannis and all that. Uh, Lillard's Lillard's falling out, and I know it's not going to happen. But if Lillard won the MVP, I would not be upset at all. Not that's, at all. That's how good he played basketball. This year, um, yep. I'm tired of the snubbing thing with him, though, and this chip he walks around with on his shoulder. You know, he never gets voted in, and this, that, and the third. And every year he whines about not getting voted in, he ends up in the All Star game. So, you know, technically, your argument that, that argument is empty. Um, he just happens to play in the tougher conference to where the bulk of the good guards are. You know, it it has to happen somewhere, you know. So how many players we knew growing up uh, weren't all-stars because there were just a lot of players at their position who didn't make it in, you know, who made it in in front of them? You know, Reggie Miller has has been a victim of that. Even Dominique Wilkins has been a victim of that, where you just have guys in front of you who are just having better years because there's so many people at your position that are talented and have the ability to be a all-star in any given year.
1: You, you know what? I, I'm with you, but I can't say that I I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not seeing his, his, his angle because I mean, to be honest with you, if you want to keep that chip on your shoulder, if that's what motivates you, I mean, look at Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan came up with every different kind of reason to get prep for people and, and to, to, to find something wrong with, with somebody i mean the modern day example look at bobby portis you know heard heard stories of this man every time he, he'll get ready to face his opponent he he would look at him and think that uh i think he said he, he hurt his mama or something whoever he was defending he would think that he was the one that hurt his mom or slapped his mama and and that's what gave him the crazy eyes like if you need motivation get your motivation brother i ain't gonna be mad at you if, if if this is what you're gonna say every year, whenever you get snubbed, and say, "Oh, you know, what, well, they, they 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 don't think that I can do this. They don't think I can do that." Okay, hey, make your motivation real. Work it out in the offseason, season. Come back stronger. They do the same thing. Come back stronger. And 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 keep repeating it until you get some credit. And you know, he he got to the he got to the All Star game, but I mean, I don't I don't see nothing wrong with that. I don't see nothing wrong with that at all.
0: I'm not against. I'm not against Dame using that as motivation. I'm against the media and fans echoing it as if it exists. I mean, it's, it's. Well, truth be told, bro, it it did exist, cause
1: there were plenty of times I'm like, this dude is a beast. There's no way he shouldn't be at least a a last second win, in in, in one of them All Star games that he wasn't invited to. I mean, if we're gonna be real. He got robbed a few times, bro.
0: Okay, so Lillard has been in the league how long? What, five years?
1: I thought it was longer than that. It seemed like forever.
0: It's either five or six. Okay. He's been an all-star three times. I think it was only really it was only really one year he was bananas and didn't actually go to the all-star game. And I know the snub comes from not being picked on the first go around, but there's always an injury and he's always the first guy picked. Okay.
1: Maybe I didn't, I wasn't watching it that closely because I thought he got snubbed a few times, but if if you say so, I mean. I mean if, you were picking,
0: if you were picking guards in the West, and they're only going to take five really to the, to the offset game, maybe six, yeah. if you were picking guards in the West, I mean, maybe now that he's had such a phenomenal year. But you would still pick a, quite a few guards in front of Lillard. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. He's just in a tough spot, man. Lillard is Lillard's an all-star, and, and when it's all said and done, should be a Hall of Famer. But he's he's just in a tough spot where he's – the the dearth of the talent is in the West at his position. And it just so happens to be where he plays. And then it doesn't help. When you play in Portland, it's not a huge media market. Your games come on at 9.30 at night. You're usually the second game. And when ESPN finally does show you, it's like Portland versus Sacramento, and nobody's watching it. Yeah. No, but is a beast. And, and that's why I think, you know, he, he's going to get some, some definite mention in that top five of all-star voting. But now that that the circus is over, the regular season is over, it's time to get down to the brass tacks. The NBA playoffs. Yes, sir. The (laughs) (laughs) needy-greedies. The NBA playoffs is upon us. Hey, bring it on. In the West, we have Rockets, Timberwolves, correct? Uh, Yep. Warriors, Spurs. Blazers, Pelicans. Thunder, Jazz. In the East, I know some late movement. Correct me if I'm wrong on any of these. I have Raptors, Wizards. That's Mm -hmm. right. Celtics, Celtics, Bucks. Yeah. Sixers, Heat, and Cavs, Pacers are matchups there. So, who you got for the first round? Let's just do the first round. So, who you got for the first round?
1: All right, so the Spurs and the Warriors coming on tomorrow. So I I got the Warriors over the Spurs. You know, Tim Duncan's gone. You know, all those old heads are kind of coming to their end. Kawhi Leonard's all frustrated being in, you know, the gray and black now. LaMarcus is okay, but they, they, I don't see them keeping up with the Warriors at all, uh, despite the Warriors kind of being hurting somewhat, not average, but a little above average. They're not what they usually are is what I mean. So I got the Warriors. Wizards, Raptors, hmm, I'm going to go with the Raptors. Wizards don't all, don't don't seem to put it together in the playoffs. They're a fun team to watch, but they don't seem like they put it together in the playoffs at all.
0: They're usually a first-round exit. Uh, how, many games, how many games you got these things going man?
1: Okay, Warriors Spurs, that might go 5 or 6. Either Warriors win 4-1 or 4-2. Okay. Wizards Raptors, I got the Raptors either blowing them out in 4 games or in 5, 4-1. Uh Heat and 76ers and I and I know this is jumping all from east to west, but I'm just looking at the times that they're coming on, so I'm just going off that. Uh Heat and 76ers. Ooh, that is the tough one. <laughs> I'm gonna say game seven, and I don't know either one, because <laughs> that might be the, the the series right there to look at. That that might be a nice one, especially if everybody's healthy and Joel Embiid is ready to go. And uh uh your boy Faults is finally free of the yips, it kind of looks like. If he's yippy-free, then we might we might have a really nice uh Round one with that. So, I'm going to go game seven and up in the air. I'm not going to say a team. Uh, Pelicans-Blazers, I got the Blazers winning in six. Bucks-Celtics, I'm going to go with the – no Kyrie, no Gordon. They got a lot of try-hard, good young players, but I'm going to have to go with the Bucks. I'm going to have to go with the Bucks in – Possibly seven. Six or seven. Pacers and Cavaliers. Wait a minute. I think I just messed up something. I'm sorry. My mind is going back to three years ago. I said Heat and 76ers, and I'm thinking LeBron is on the Miami Heat. I'm so sorry. That game, that is not going to go game seven up in the air. I apologize. The 76ers are going to kill the Heat, and they're going to win this. And, and <laughs> I don't know why in the world. I'm thinking Dwayne Wade and LeBron are still living the glory days, and the Heat uh, 76 is going to kill the Heat in five games, or f- might might be four. You never know. So that's that's wrapped up now. Going back to Cavaliers Pacers, where LeBron is now, uh, that's a nice matchup. But Cavaliers, LeBron always finds a way. You already know LeBron seems to always get to the. Eastern Conference Finals somehow, some way. So I'm going to go Cavaliers in six. Uh Jazz Thunder, that will be a nice matchup, but I'm going to go Thunder in six. Timberwolves Rockets, hmm. Really going to be looking at these games closely. Obviously, a lot of Chicago ties and Derrick Rose is there. I'm just hoping if they even lose this series that he kills for being in the playoffs again. But I'm going to go Rockets in uh, – Rockets in six or seven. Rockets in six or seven.
0: Hmm.
1: And, uh, yeah,
0: I think that is it. All right. I actually have Rockets in five. Okay. Um, I think it'll be an interesting matchup to see Jimmy Butler and James Harden. Um, Yeah. The Timberwolves have the talent there. Uh, Playoff inexperience is going to kick in a little bit, and I think Chris Paul is going to give them a bit of an edge when it comes to that matchup. Usually, I, I just put things down on paper, and and I match up position by position, and And quite honestly, when you do that with these two teams, the Timberwolves should have the edge. Um, you have, you know, Harden and Paul, obviously, are, are the better matchup, on one side, but the other three positions honestly go to the Timberwolves. But I think that Harden is having such a year, whereas you know he'll be able to carry them through. So I have the Rockets in, in five or six. Uh, it's going to be pretty quick work. Um, the Warriors and the Spurs, that's five. Easy. I think Aldridge is going to have a huge ball game, uh, one of those games, and that's going to be The Spurs only win, even without Stephen Curry. Yeah. Uh, I have the Blazers and Pelicans going seven. It's going to be an exciting one. It's going to be a uh, kind of a a contrast in styles. Um, But I have the Blazers going to win that in seven. Uh, That backcourt is going to be that backcourt. You know, Dame and CJ are going to do that thing. Uh, Thunder and Jazz, I teetered on this one. But, I, again, I, when, it, when it comes to things like that, I just sit down and, you know, I go position by position. I draw the line. And right. the, Thunder, the Thunder just have more. So uh, they'll win in, in, in seven, maybe six. I'm leaning towards Thunder in seven. Out east, uh, the Raptors and the Wizards. I think the Wizards will only get one. It will be Raptors in five. The Celtics and Bucks is going to go seven. But I think the Celtics still have enough talent to beat mm. that Bucks team. Mm. Okay. Um, wow. That team's a little disjointed, man. Um, they, you know, their coaching situation's a little askew. And there's that Eric Bledsoe thing, man. You know, we talked about it a little bit before, but Yeah. I think Eric Bledsoe is just is something going on with that dude. And, you know, it, it equates to not winning when you should. Yeah. Um, if I could have the Sixers beat the Heat in three, I would. <laughs> They're going to play two games in one in one day. <laughs> Just so I don't have to watch Dwayne Wade make one play every game and it'd be overvalued for the rest of our lives. Um, Come on, man.
1: the wade baby.
0: But I have the Sixers going to win. The Sixers are going to win in... Five, and I think they will win game. Uh, I think the Heat will win game one, and then it'll be a sweep, a delayed sweep from the Sixers. Cavs and Pacers is going six. Uh, as much as I love what Oladipo is doing, Miles Turner has been surprisingly inconsistent this year. Yeah, uh, for whatever reason, LeBron James seems to do whatever he wants against that is young, despite the fact that you think he shouldn't be able to. Um the Cavs will beat the Pacers in six. So uh I think I think we're both on the same page. Did you have the Bucks beating the Celtics?
1: Uh yeah, I had the Bucks beating the Celtics in either six or seven.
0: Okay. Okay. But other than that, I think we're on the same page and we'll we'll see how this stuff plays out, man. We'll see how it plays out. Yeah. Uh switching it's gears cool. a bit. Des Bryant has been released by the oh. Dallas Cowboys. Um, cool. Now, not only that, Dez uh, has caught feelings and has been throwing constant shots in the Twitterverse. Uh-huh. But what do you think the next move is for Dez and, and who do you think is going to zero in on him? Well, uh,
1: obviously Dez Bryant is a household name, uh, someone who has made a name for himself in this league as a a very good receiver, sort of a crybaby, kind of in the uh, Brandon Marshall mode. But obviously, as you saw with the Chicago Bears, they took a chance on him. They they got the baggage that came along with them. But, I mean, Brandon Marshall speaks for himself on the field. What he does on the field is the most important thing. So there's Brian to me. I think he – might go to either San Francisco Philly or I'm gonna say Seattle but the reason why I don't think that he'll come here is because Chicago is a rebuilding team even though I do want to say Chicago and I at least want to see Ryan uh uh pace uh do do some sort of reaching out and 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 you know seeing what they can do at least to try and get him here, because that would be nice with him. Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Adam Shaheen. Ooh, the list just goes on and on. Trey Burton, Tariq Cohen, Jordan Howard. You know, uh, that would be nice. But I don't think that's going to happen. So San Francisco is my pick. They need a a big play receiver. You got Garoppolo over there. Uh, I can't remember the other receiver. I think that they just got, or they already have, that's uh, pretty good. You know, you got Richard Sherman over there, too, now. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the 49ers.
0: So, supposedly, Dez said, I'll see you twice a year to the Cowboys, uh, which led many to believe that he may have already have heard uh, from an, an interdivision rival. Mm. Trying to pick him up. So that led many people to conclude maybe the Eagles or the Redskins. Uh, I don't see him going to the Giants. I think having him in OBJ is just too much on any quarterback to bear. Um, I would like to, like you said, put out feelers. If the Bears can put out feelers, fine. But I'm not a huge fan of him being here. because if you're going to repeat the I just think Des has lost a step. I don't think he gets separation as as well as he did if at all anymore. So he's not Des anymore. He's he can still be a serviceable receiver, but he's not Des anymore. Um even the physicality he wasn't displaying that as much this past season either. Yeah. I I, I honestly think that there may be a curveball in this. I can honestly see Des Ryan going Someone like to the Carolina Panthers uh, mm. to go there with Cam and give him a, another viable option. He seems like the type that he can go down there and and, and get along with Cam and and buddy up with him and make okay. some things happen.
1: Okay, that 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 might be nice. Help out uh your boy Devin Funches Funches of Oats. That'd be nice,
0: cause they they need a receiver. It's like they bring in big tall trash for the last few years. Yeah, yeah. You at the very least ain't trash.
1: Yeah, you telling me? Cause I show had Devin Funches as one of my players in fantasy football. I don't know why I kept relying on him. I thought since uh, what you call it, left? I can't remember his name.
0: Kelvin Benjamin.
1: Yeah, since he, uh, KB left, I thought that he would kind of, you know, take his game to the next level, which, I mean, I think he still has the capability of doing, but uh, now that they got an actual good receiver, well, I mean, well, now nah, it hasn't happened yet, but if they do, then I think theirs would be a good fit there, you know, with uh, uh, Funches and uh, Olsen and uh,
0: the, the the rookie uh, running back, killing Definitely, definitely, and I, and I see you know Philly could be a possibility, and Seattle could be another possibility. But I don't know. I don't even understand what Seattle's trying to do anymore. Um, I know you got Russ, and they, you're trying to to build around Russell Wilson, but you know, I, I don't, I don't see the direction to let. You know, maybe they felt Richard Sherman was a little washed up, and and I can see that. I can see why they will feel that way especially after the type of injury he suffered. Um, but I don't even know if Seattle's going to rebuild or they're trying to tool or, or what they're trying to do. So I think that that may strike a chord with Dez as far as, you know, what are you guys trying to do and why should I come here? You know, where well, you know that the Panthers generally are going for it every year. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's a good point. I, I I really don't know. I'm stumped, man. I, my, my heart just wants him to come here, to be honest with you. I can take the baggage. I could care less. I could take him crying. You know, receivers are divas anyway. Just come on. Come on to Chicago.
0: My thing is is, is I, would, I would be on the upset side if they went for Dez because if you weren't going to go after Alan Hearns, who's younger, who's more of an open field threat, why would you go after Dez? I know Dez is an established name, but if you if you just look at the tape, you know at this point in Dennis Bryan's career, I don't I don't see a vast difference between what he would offer and Alan Hearns because Alan Hearns is on the uptick of his career while Des is on the downside. Yeah. So we'll we'll see what goes on. The draft is right around the corner. And uh, we'll definitely Talk about that as it approaches in, in the next couple weeks. But uh, it's been another great episode of the Stay Eyes podcast. We, oh, talked, yeah. we talked NBA season, we talked NBA playoffs and what we got coming up for this first round. We dabbled in some Dez Bryant. We had overall a good week here at Stay Offs. And we will holler at you next week. I'm Chris. And with Jordan, it's been real, y'all. See y'all out there.